the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renal Silverson and I'm 10 years old. So coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to Lionel Greenberg. He is a ward councillor. What do ward councillors do? Just stay tuned to 101.9 Hi FM and you will find out soon. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renal Silverstone and, and I am 10 years old. Good afternoon, Leonard Greenberg. How are you? I'm well, thanks to you. So your pronunciation of your name is Ronel. Yeah, something like that, Ronel. Because okay. it has God in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a new one for me. And I say thanks to all the listeners who are listening to your show today. And I thank you for inviting me to your studio to chat you to me. Oh, welcome. Woo-hoo. So let's just ask. I've been wondering, what does it mean to be a ward councillor? Well, a ward councillor, just to try to give you the definition, is a person who's a representative for the local municipality within the ward that we live or a particular area, which is what they call designated or has a particular area that is covered. And the purpose of the ward councillor is to take any complaints or we are the go-betweens between the ward in which we live and the municipality that we serve. Wow, that's so cool and just like... That's cool, I should say. Nothing to say. (laughs) So what does the DA stand for? The DA stands for Democratic Alliance. And and it originally came from the Democratic Party. Previously, it came from the Progressive Federal Party. And a long time ago, when Helen Sisman started the political party, at that stage, it was just called the Progressive Party. Wow. Wow. So that was a lot, a lot of, of history. You can, get, you can get all that history of Wikipedia if you like. Oh, I wouldn't know what to search up. <laughs> yeah. Just go and look up Democratic Alliance history. Or I'll be reading it, for days. <laughs> yeah, keep it busy. So that's your, your, your first source of information, Wikipedia. I'll be reading for days, maybe years, maybe more. <laughs> yeah. So what will happen if the DA wins next year's election? Well, I think with uh, some people who are in South Africa may be disappointed if the Democratic Alliance wins the next year's election, but there are going to be lots and lots of people who were probably previously upset with the conduct of the current government and will be very, very delighted to have the Democratic Alliance be the next government of South Africa. Hmm. Wow. So that's because we're getting a lot of support. Support them! Woo! Go vote, everybody! Vote, vote, vote. So, how did you become a ward councillor? How did I become a ward councillor? Well, I've been involved in politics for about three years with the Democratic Alliance. I helped my former councillor, a great man by the name of Stephen Kruger, who lives in this area. And I assisted him at his municipal election in 2016 greeting people as they arrived at the station. And eventually, when the opportunity arose that Stephen 
Kruger didn't want to be the ward councillor, an advert went out, and eventually, amongst the 15 people that attended at the Democratic Alliance Selection Committee, I was the one who was selected by the DA's Selection Committee to be the appointed councillor to run for the elections in this ward along with some people from the ANC and from the EFF. What do you enjoy most about being the ward councillor? I think the nicest thing about being a ward councillor is seeing the satisfaction on people's faces when I'm able to assist them, the satisfaction on people's faces, seeing that our ward is starting to look very clean and tidy, and also the participation of everybody in the area who gives me some compliments. But, of course, there are also some people who live in this area who are not happy with what has happened in the past, and maybe they have got some gripes about things. But, you know, those voters in the area are more in the minority than the majority. Well, that was a lot to take in. Well, you, you asked the questions. I'm giving you your answers. Yeah, but I'm saying lots of smartness going into my brain. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that you want, well, you know, when you're the interviewer, sometimes you give questions that I'm not going to expect, and I'm going to give you answers that you're not going to expect. So how about <laughs> True. that? True. And you can't always plan your answers. Like that one just came out of my head, popped out, like you popped out with your questions. Mm, yeah. So what do you do to become involved in politics? Well, you either have to have a passion that you can get out there and do something for your voters or the people that live in your area. You have to have a passion that you might not be happy happy with the political, what they said, the political history of your country or the political, what they call, tenor of your country. In other words, it's the feeling and you have to get out there and try and make changes happen. Not always so easy, but we try. So in amongst that, we listen to the needs of everybody, we consider what the people tell us, and then we try to formulate a solution, and that's how you get into politics, by formulating solutions for people from a government perspective, but not from the actual running, the day-to-day things of a municipality or a government. What is politics? Politics. I don't even know the real answer to politics, but politics is something that for some for simplicity is a science where you address the needs of the people, considering what their wills would be for the running of a country. And I hope I'm not gonna get ticked off by somebody who's a political scientist because I didn't get that definition right because I didn't think you were gonna ask ask me that question. There's always something coming right at you. <laughs> Absolutely. I can see that. You're coming up with me with a lot of surprises. And maybe I'm going to come unstuck. But most of the time, I hope that you're going to ask me questions that I can answer more easily. Hmm. Yeah. But it's always good to have a challenge. Thank you very much. You <laughs> so wh- can you explain to me what is potholes and what we can do about potholes? Okay. Potholes are those holes that you get in the road. And the reason why they land up being in the road or they could be on pavements is because the tar becomes loosened because there's water in the ground and when there's water in the ground the asphalt which is the black stuff that you see on the road 
becomes loose and it disintegrates. And the more people drive over it, the hole becomes larger and larger and larger. So it falls, first starts out to be a small hole. And then as the road gets used and people drive over it, the larger it becomes until Sorry. it almost becomes a crater. Are you telling me it pops people's tires? Well, not the pothole pops the people's tires, but however, when the hole becomes so big, then when your tire goes through the hole, it smashes against the sharp edges of the uh, of the tar because it's so deep. And as your tire goes into it like a hole, it then bangs against your tire bang, in its room, bang, 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 <laughs> bang, bang. It, it hits against the tar hole. And that pops your tires of your car if you're going too far. So if there's a pothole, remember, guys, travel a bit more slowly. And I can't tell people to try and move around them. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think you can do about potholes? What we do with potholes is when people find them, they sometimes tell me, which is not really the right process. The Johannesburg City Council has got a little app or a website called the JRA Find and Fix app, or you go onto the JRA website and you log the particular complaints, you give them the location where the pothole is, and that gets sent to the manager of the JRA, which stands for the Johannesburg Road Agency, and they schedule it in their workload, and eventually they come and fix it because they have to put them in an order of work to be done. So sometimes in our area, we have our potholes that have to be fixed. And then also maybe in Bryanston, they have to have their potholes fixed. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there's a problem because yep. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough people out there working for the JRA to fix the potholes as fast as we'd like them to be fixed. So normally, if the potholes are that big, the municipality puts those orange cones in the road to warn us about the hole in the road that we go around it. Wow. Well, you mentioned Bryanston potholes. Ooh. That's a long story to say. Right by Bryanston, like next to a park, there's a park there. Like I'm like there more often. <laughs> yeah. And oh, those puddles there, bump, bump, bump. <laughs> yeah, because maybe uh, when the tar's gone out of it, then it's left with sand. And eventually the sand gets washed away by the rain or the cars going through the puddles. And eventually what was supposed to be a small dip in the road becomes larger and larger and larger. And then eventually you find that when you go through them, as opposed to being like a speed bump, it's going to be called like the reverse of a speed minus bump. <laughs> so I don't know speed. how to Yeah, so <laughs> it's a cavity in the ground. Mm. So wait, so how, when it disintegrates, how does it like this? Is it the water getting into it too much? Is it too many cars going on it? Too much like thorns or something? Yeah, okay, so disintegrate. So the more you keep on going over the hole, the tar around it starts to break off, like chips off and chips off and chips off like a mouse eating on a block of cheese. <laughs> and it keeps on wearing it away, so it erodes it off. And eventually what started out as a small hole, maybe the size of your dog's dish, becomes larger and larger and larger to the point that it becomes such a hole in the road that it becomes dangerous for motor vehicles. Mm. So the only way to fix it, the only way to fix it is that the Joburg Road Agency has to come with its working team, clean out the hole, and put new tar into it and stamp it that it's hard and fast again. And we just hope that 
the area around it is strong enough that it also doesn't break up. That's why sometimes you find that the JRA comes back and has to re-repair the pothole that was there previously. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so how's that for a mouthful? (laughs) Yeah. So let's take a quick song break and we'll be right back. Okay, great. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renal Sosa and I'm 10 years old. Now let's carry on with questions with Lionel. Where do you see yourself and the country in the next five years from now? Well, that's really a very, very tough question because, like they say, politicians are not magicians. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to be happening in the next five years, but uh, on my agenda as a person in the Democratic Alliance, I would obviously like to see progress. I'd like to see more people employed. I'd like to see better facilities for people. I'd like to see people's freedom being respected. I'd like to see us find better opportunities for people. So from the perspective of the DA and myself, I would love to see that I can contribute as much as humanly possible to make people's lives better as a Hmm. politician. Wow. So for how long have you been working as the ward councillor? I've only been a ward councillor since the 2nd of May. So that's about a month. Hmm. Wow. That was very soon. (laughs) So do you do any other work besides working as a ward councillor? If so, what is it? Okay. So before I became a ward councillor, I started studying law through UNISA. Wow. Wow. So at my older age, if I can be a motivation to kids... And to other people out there, never give up studying because you're never young to study or you're never too old to study. That's true. Yeah, so think of that. And think of like when Moshe, um, he studied day and night, day and night. So think about that. <laughs> yeah, but obviously I'm a human being. I'm not Moshe, so I can't do this day and night, day and night. I mean, maybe that would be if For I was an exception. Days. Yeah, if I was an exceptional person, but I'm not that exceptional. I'm just going to be a good old war counselor in the area. So I'm limited by the sleep that I need. So sometimes I need to sleep. So don't call sometimes. me Moshe. Just call me Lionel, okay? Okay, <laughs> So, have you ever had any other jobs before? Oh, oh, sorry, I just asked that. Did you always want to become a ward counsellor? It was something that I never, ever had thought of, becoming a ward counsellor. It just so happened that my wife, Joanne, also is the secretary of this ward. And uh, she said to me one morning, you know, why don't you consider becoming the ward counsellor of this area? And when this application goes out into the public arena, why don't you apply for it? Maybe I'll apply for it. And let's see who else applies for the job. And, yeah, I went through the interview process and uh, had to answer a whole lot of tough questions by first a batch of or bunch of or group of 10 people. And uh, then I had to have a further interview of... uh, Questions from some of the older stalwarts of the Democratic Alliance or the the Democratic Party, and I was successful in my application, 
and they put my name forward as the potential candidate to be to stand in the local elections, which happened on the 25th of April, just four weeks ago. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, four weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. 14 days ago. That's actually very... No, not 14. 14 plus 14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's quite something. So, on a personal note, what are your hobbies? My hobbies are electronics. I love using my hands. I'm a practical guy. Doesn't matter that I go to university. That's just the academic <laughs> side. And I'm just testing that out. But I'm quite good with my hands. I can fix motor cars. I can do plumbing. I can do electrical. So I'll never go unemployed. So the best way to say it is I'm a resourceful guy. And I've just used my practical experience of my life in order to assist other people. And one of my other, if you want to call it a hobby, I love doing road running. I love volunteering and assisting other people. And uh, whatever I can do to make life easier for others, and if it's a skill that I've learnt, then I'll uh, uh, gladly help go them. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it, guys. Go for it, guys. So, how, who inspired you to do the work you do? Jeez, that's really a trick question. Who inspired me? I inspired you, yeah. <laughs> well, I, as I said, I got the opportunity and uh, the opportunity came around and I thought, okay, in law, when you study law, you do a thing called legal philosophy and one of the philosophers' name is Plato. So Plato. that's Plato. You heard of uh, Plato? No. Okay, that well, maybe when good. you do some more reading. After More reading. The, yeah, after this interview today, you can go and look up on Plato and some of the other philosophers. The Greek philosophers always said that if a man wants to aspire to something great, he needs to take on the task of being a politician. And go for it. And go for it. Exactly. <laughs> that was maybe one of my inspirations that as a person studying law, if you want to succeed within your community. you got to go for it. You have to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so... What is your greatest weakness? Always wondered. I think one's greatest weakness is sometimes not listening enough to people. That's why we have two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. So should we should really honestly talk half as much as we listen. So I think some of us get caught up, and maybe politici politicians, we said to talk too much, and maybe we make mistakes by tweeting or doing things on Facebook. We're not going to mention anybody's names in South Africa, specifically <laughs> who put things out on Facebook or WhatsApp without thinking about the consequences of their actions. So I would hope that myself being a, in this political arena, I don't fall into that trap. But I don't like to concentrate much on weaknesses in life. I much prefer to concentrate on my strengths. So I have a lot of other strengths which you might want to ask me about. So you think of the question. Because okay. that's what's your strongest strength? Well, my str one of my strengths would be is to survive. Survive. Yes, because I'm a cancer survivor. Really? Yes. Really? Well, I did not know that. Well, I've come to you with surprises. You're giving me surprise questions. I'm going to give you surprise <laughs> answers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, as a cancer survivor, one of my things that I'd like to do is, if I'm a survivor. 
I'd like to give back to the community if I'm alive. So I'd like to change my priorities in life and focus on helping my my community and volunteer my expertise and knowledge to the best of my ability while I've got this life. Hmm. Well, everyone lives their life, you know. Yeah. And once you finish your task in the world, you go to a bigger place. It's just something like that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, what is your greatest accomplishment? Well, my one accomplishment was to climb Kilimanjaro. My other accomplishment was to survive being a cancer survivor. So, so, being a cancer survivor, that I didn't die from my illness because it was quite bad. So, I've had to go through the processes of chemotherapy for many, many years. Some people don't make it, maybe because it's attitude. So one of the things that really helps me a lot, and I always tell people that, is don't give up so easily. And you be always, calm. And try and be calm. You know, it's not easy to be calm, especially maybe as a ward counselor. I'm going to find, as I do this job, that there are going to be some people in the community that are frustrated that I'm not contacting them fast enough. So that's one of the things that I have to learn to do to achieve to be a better politician or, in fact, just be a good public servant because – as a ward councillor, my job is to go out and do a job on behalf of the community to the best of my ability. So, have you got any more questions for me? Mm, okay. Quite a lot. Okay, well, let's go for them. Okay, so what other languages can you speak? I speak Afrikaans fluently. Ooh, and then me. I can, oh, Okay. <laughs> And I can speak a little bit of Venda, so I can Ooh, say hello to somebody, that? good morning in Venda, or good Venda is another indigenous language of South Africa. Oh, wow. So Did you say, that? if you want to say good morning to somebody in, in Venda, you say, Machiloni. Machiloni. And you say, Bukurumini. How are you? And then there's Isizulu. Oh, really? So a bit of Chinese. And Greek oh, wow. and Italian. So My brother if, wants to learn Greek. Oh, okay, well. And then obviously Ivrit. So oh. at least we know that oh, is quite simple because that one would just say Shalom. So <laughs> shalom. <least> shalom. <laughs> Peace. And Kosa, I think it's called uh, Molo. Kosa Sikali. Yeah, Molo. So this like Shalom. <laughs> Here we are. So describe a difficult work situation. How would you overcome it if? There is a difficult work situation. Well, one of the books that I read many, many years ago from an author by the name of Stephen Covey, he's always said he's one of his prime things that he puts in his book, which is called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is you have to first seek to understand before you're understood. So if you don't listen to what people are telling you, you then you understand. can't understand what they want you to do, and that means you can't deliver the message. The message, exactly. Yeah. So do you ever have to talk in public about something going on or what you're going to do or you're going to make something better? Well, this is sort of public, but there's only you here and <laughs> the DJ here and, and the, uh, the other and the, the producers are here. And, of course, there is a huge public out there. It's just that I can't see them. They're on the other side of the airwaves, and those are your great listeners who are listening to us. So 
I did have an opportunity to go to Reverend Ilan Herman's pop-up show um, a fortnight ago, and I was asked some questions about the governance of the DA and what we propose to do and how we behave. And the key thing that we don't want in the DA is that we don't condone a thing called corruption under any circumstances because all that does is just destroys us going forward and making headway in South Africa. So, yes, that was one of my first public encounters, and there were about 40 people at the shul. So at the brocha, I decided to keep it quite short, and uh, I decided to rather, as opposed to doing a lot of talking, I decided to ask questions and allow people to ask me questions that I could engage with them on topics that they were interested in and not topics that I might have been interested in. Hmm. What is corruption? Corruption is something that has been frustrating everybody in South Africa, which is taking or stealing or doing things to the community at the expense of others. So if you're involved in corruption, what that would mean for those listeners who I'm sure lots of them do know what corruption would be, but to the younger listeners that are on your show, corruption would be would mean is that people are take, getting benefit from others at the expense of others. Mm. You, can you work that one out? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So, You're quite smart, huh? Thank you. So what events does the ward councillor have? Well, we do one event every month, which is called Singh, and that is to engage with the community and help ask the community to help us to clean the streets and to clean the pavements and to become involved and get out from behind our walls and our electric fences and meet each other in the street and let us know each other. So Singh is almost like a type of Ubuntu. And if you know what Ubuntu means... Ubuntu is to try and be nice and mensch, to be a mensch to each other. So that's another word in the African languages, to be a mensch is called Ubuntu. And the other public uh, things that we do is that uh, we go out and look for people to be, peop- uh, t- sorry about that, I was just trying to think it through a bit better. For those who want to become involved in the DA and to assist us, and we call those activists. Those are the guys who send out the message what the Democratic Alliance is doing, and they become involved in the Democratic Alliance. So those are our partners who don't get paid. Where the ward council gets paid, the activists don't get paid, or if they do get paid, they get a little bit of money. Could people get hold of you? How? Well, there's two, two major ways. I have an email address, which is found at ward72da at gmail.com. Alternatively, my cell phone number is so simple to remember. It's 084-247-7000. But don't think because it says 247, everybody, that I work 24-7 <laughs> hours of the day. So please give me a break. Uh, there are other ways that people can get hold of me, as I said, on the email or WhatsApp, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to answer everybody immediately because in the area that we live in, 
There's 18,000 people that live here, so I'm only one guy, so please give me a break and give me an opportunity to respond. And not everything in the area is urgent because some of the things that happen in the area are not like a casualty in a hospital. What you should do, guys, is go 2 plus 4, which equals 8. There, you got your answer. <laughs> now you know how many hours he works. <laughs> so, oh, you mean 8 m- days a week? No, no, I don't know about that one. Eight days a week, two plus four is... No, okay. No, I think I'm maybe trying to accuse, uh, confuse everybody, huh? <laughs> so, wait. Since you don't work 24-7, for how long would you work for? Well, it depends on how much energy I have in my body, but I'm a person who can work quite a few hours in the day, but officially, let's say we have some office hours and then I have to do some admin work. So I would work, let's say, in the morning from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 if everything's going well. But if there's like a power crisis where there was no electricity, then I had to work on, I have to work on a Saturday. Sometimes I land up having to work uh, on other days where I wouldn't like to be working, for example, on a public holiday. And when I'm not available, then we have other councillors who step in on in our shoes and they assist us with the load like on a Shabbos where I can't work they will monitor the the complaints area and they can respond on our behalf thank you to my guests for coming on High Kids and thank you to my producer Mandy and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons join us on on tomorrow for another High Kids Kid show only on 101.9 High FM goodbye kids and everybody